0: it's showtime people should not be afraid of their governments governments should be afraid of their people
1: you know the right to bear arms is because that's the last form of defense against tyranny
0: washington is fundamentally corrupt there are more words in the irs code than there are in the bible made in america heard round the world you're listening to blunt force truth I'm Chuck Woolery along with my co-host Dr. Mark Young and uh, what a weekend it's been.
2: <laughs> Chuck, it appears that the Germans are out to get you now. Well, I have, I Twitter has seen. launched an investigation into at Chuck Woolery. This is required by German law. We are you received serious? i wait a, wait, a minute. Wait, is that a joke? No, I'm making I'm not making this up. It is right here in in my hot little hand. It's <laughs> and it's and it's wonderful because it's a letter from Twitter to you. Oh, really? Because Yes, because, you know, we have people here that manage your Twitter account, the back end. You do your own tweets. They take care of all the violations. Uh, so it says, hello. Hello. It's, it, it's very friendly. Hello. hello. Twitter is required by German law to provide notice to users who are reported by people from Germany via the Network Enforcement Act reporting flow. I don't know what the reporting flow is. Mm. But apparently, you have offended people in Germany. Well, we have received I a complaint regarding I drive your Mercedes. Account. I mean, come on, give me a break. I know. I know you do. Uh, so here it is. Uh, and I did not know this. This is tweet ID number. Did you know each one of your tweets has an individual ID number? Oh, I wish I had them. I, I have them now. Now we've got them. Okay. And uh, the tweet said, believe it or not, Karl Marx and Vladimir Lenin were both Jewish. I was shocked to find most of the original Soviet communists were Jewish. End of tweet. The -hmm. next tweet. This tweet also has a long number.
0: I'm giving history.
2: (laughs) (laughs) The next tweet says critical race theory is based on critical theory given to the world by Marxists from the Frankfurt School in Germany. True. When Hitler cracked down on them, they moved. Yes, they moved to Columbia University in New York City, and they remained there to this day.
0: Now, if someone else has a factual representation of that history that I'm not aware of, I, mean, I would love to hear it. That's just facts.
2: Okay, but here's, but here's the good news. Mm-hmm. We've investigated the reported content yeah. and have found that it is not subject to removal under the Twitter rule it's true and you did not violate German and law accordingly we have not taken any action as a result of this specific report mr woolery you may continue to speak to germans
0: okay i now because of this you know how the twitter world is
2: yes the, it's real hate and fake news
0: the bots came after <laughs> me by the thousands and of course, immediately said I was anti-black, I was racist, I was, a, uh, I was anti-Semitic, I was all of these things. And, and the weird thing about it is, all I did was, was state the history behind critical race theory, coming from critical theory, coming from the Frankfurt School, and a little bit of the history of the Frankfurt School in the middle 30s, but prior to the war. And uh, they were a Marxist organization, and of course, Hitler was a fascist. And the fascists hated the Marxists. I mean, he went to war with Stalin. He tried to take over Russia, if we all remember. The problem is I don't, I'm I'm not sure that the Twitter world uh, really has much to do with history. They don't know much about it. And so when you state history the way it happened, uh, for whatever purpose, uh, you know, you're all of a sudden a xenophobe or a, a racist or... Uh, a Nazi, and I think the the mention of, of Hitler's name, because he was attached to that, and he was head of the Nazi Party. Uh, you know, all of a sudden they said you're advocating for Hitler. You thought this was a good idea? I, it wasn't an idea; it just happened.
2: Well, it's first I mean, off,
0: you, you try to explain this stuff away, and you realize it, there's no way they want to listen to you.
2: But this, first off, these these are people who are epistemological mongrels. These are people who spend no time trying to find out how they know what they know. I just know it. And because I know it, I know you're wrong. Don't bother me with facts. Don't bother me with history. Don't bother me with truth because that'll get in the way of my narrative. And I said, there's no practice of any epistemology whatsoever. And, And, and I mean, the good news is you have figured out how to offend everyone now. <laughs> I mean, meaning to, <laughs> which to me means that you are now, you can't be against any group because you offend every group. So how can, so how can you be accused of taking sides at this I point? Have
0: no idea. I have no idea.
2: So it it is it is bizarre. I'm what getting, is going on? I'm now, really
0: kind of getting fed up and tired of being called a racist and a anti semite. I mean, I, it's, after a while, you just kind of go, what the heck is going on? Why are these people doing
2: this? Well, I know you're a racist and an anti-Semite because you used to hang out with Sammy Davis. I did. So that would make you a racist well, and an anti-Semite because you yeah. hung out with a black Jew.
0: And his wife, AltaVece. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's ridiculous. I mean, it's silly. It, but, it's ridiculous. So, yeah. so one year ago, as we reported on this show... On May seventh, night to twenty twenty May seventh, we reported everything about the Wuhan lab, the virus, gain of function. We covered all of it. Right. The last
0: the last time this group came after me was was a tweet involving that whole thing with the Wuhan yes. lab, and I said everyone's lying to us. The you know the WHO, the CDC, the doctors. I mean, it's incredible. The uh, media. The media. And uh, people went insane. Of course, now we're finding out that that was true.
2: So, one year ago, we reported all of the details exactly accurate. Mm-hmm. Now, at that same time, President Donald Trump, then President Donald Trump, also started calling it the China virus.
0: Did you hear Jonathan Carl, what he said? Jonathan Carl, ABC, who's, by the way, head of the White House uh, uh, news group
2: that comes in? Press Corps, yes. Yeah, did you hear that? That's probably so where that, I'm going, but go ahead. Oh, well, go ahead. I'll let you finish. Well, where I was going with this is we reported all of the details of this because we had contacts in the CIA and contacts in virology. The president warned people that, that China, I love the way he says China. China. That China made, made the virus. Mike Pompeo said that there was evidence. None of the media reported it, and now the media are, is blaming Donald Trump and Republicans saying it is your fault, Chuck Woolery, Donald Trump, that we did not report this because you are not serious people. Yeah. And if you'd have been a serious person, we the media would have reported on this information. But because you are not serious, we couldn't report it because Mike Pompeo, Donald Trump, Chuck Woolery, you people are all liars. We know you're liars. So we can't repeat anything you say in the media until a serious person like Joe Biden or even a more serious person like Hunter Biden Mm -hmm. might actually say this happened.
0: You know, it's, it's weird. Jonathan Carl basically said, maybe the only truthful thing that Donald Trump said was the virus came from the Wuhan lab. (laughs) (laughs) That could be. So that's it. I mean, that's the only thing he may have said that was true.
2: But they, but it was his fault. They didn't report on it because being that he's a known liar, Mm -hmm. He can't report on it now. Right now, by the way, Trump is a known liar. We have. I, I want to ask you a question before we go to our guest. I want to ask you, where's Hunter Biden's laptop? Well, this, uh,
0: the FBI has it.
2: Okay, why we, Why aren't we seeing? It?
0: Because he's Hunter Biden. <laughs> it's simple. It's you know the fix is in, folks. I mean, you know, we everybody knows that. They're, they're not what, gonna do you, what do you What do you
2: think Biden? that would have been if that had been Donald Trump Jr.'s well,
0: laptop? It's, you know, it's the disparity in, in, uh, uh, inequity in, in, in Washington politics. It's if you're a Republican, you're in trouble. Not that I agree with all Republicans, cause I don't, I'm a conservative. They hate me more than they hate Democrats, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's just, you know, it's the way it is. It's, it's, a, it's the world we live in. It's run by Democrats, bureaucrats, people who have long lives and you can't get rid of,
2: and they just screw everything up and accuse you of what they're doing absolutely well chuck our guest today is carla spaulding now let me tell you a little bit about to get our audience up to speed here first up carla has a book which is called the most hated president yet the most loved really good title the theory of conservatives versus liberals the forward in her book was written by roger stone who really? uh who we Who's helped out yeah. yes and we helped him uh, get his his uh what was that his uh pardon yep uh, anyways, Carla. Uh, Carla's interest because Carla moved to United States from the islands of Jamaica, where you, of course, was a major movie star in Jamaica. Yes,
0: Folks, I have you a might- lot of time. I used to go down there and perform in uh, in Mo Bay at the uh, at at the international. Uh, well, it's an international hotel that everybody knows. But anyway, I used to perform down there, and then I was cast in this movie, and I spent three months on the island and in the water.
2: Uh, folks, you may want to go to Amazon may, and look very
0: bad movie.
2: <laughs> you may want to go to Amazon and look up this Emic epic movie. What was the name of the movie again, Matt? No, stop. The oh, Mystery please. of Jamaica
0: Reef. Oh, it's horrible. I mean, I tell you what. What treasure. came out of this was people were
2: asking me, "Are right,
0: would you are you an actor?" And I said, "No." And I have filmed to prove it. And that's the film I have to prove that I'm not an actor.
2: It is The Treasure Of Jamaica Reef, where you play the part of who's who does he play? Victor who? Oh, Victor Spivak. Spivak. Yeah, Victor Spivak. You look like a Spivak, Victor Spivak. (laughs) I can see that. Yeah. Rosie
0: Greer and Cheryl Ladd, me and David Ladd, and oh my gosh,
2: it was like would they just (laughs) run around the island and look for anybody recognizable and put them in the movie or? No, I have no idea.
0: I was, it's the first thing I ever hey, I think
2: I've seen you on TV. Come here. We're going to put you in a movie. So, anyway, I, mean, I knew who
0: Rosie was, and I knew who, you know.
2: So, Carla, let's get back to Carla. It's, everything isn't about you. Oh, okay. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. Stop making everything about you, Chuck. That's what, nope. that's what Hannity does. It's very funny. I was listening
0: to him yesterday. He was talking to a doctor, and the doctor didn't say anything. Hannity just kept saying, telling stories about himself. <laughs> Finally, he said, thank you very much for being on the show. The guy
2: left. Well, Carla, we're going to let Carla talk though. Carla moved here to the United States when she was 18. Uh, she has served in, I believe the Navy. She's a college professor, registered wow. nurse, really? single mother. And she is now running for the U S Congress in Miami, down in the Miami oh, area. Right. Mm-hmm. And the first thing I want to welcome Carla Blunt truth then Carl the first thing I want to I want to give you this as a thought. We have something that we believe here and that is that being an American is less about what is on your birth certificate and more about a philosophy. That there are philosophical Americans all over the world. Yes. People who believe in freedom, they believe in in liberty and capitalism and you could be in another country but an American at heart. There are then people who were born in this country and they are not philosophically american they are geographically american but they're really european marxists they're, they're they're not americans as someone who moved here from jamaica how what does that mean to you
1: well first i wanted to say you're exactly correct i've had those thoughts because as an immigrant i joined the united states navy without even being a citizen of the United States. And here so I you am. can do that?
0: I didn't yes. know you could do yes, you smile can join it. You can join the armed services and not be a citizen. Exactly. Oh, I, did, I did not know that.
1: That's right. So that shows you the commitment that we have when we do that. And I'm realizing that it's the foreigners who are mainly speaking up and not the born Americans. And that really concerns me whether Um, you're Hispanic or or white or black. I'm wondering where are the the born Americans? We are standing up and continue to fight for freedoms. And I think they're silent and you can't be silent at this time. You know, um, this weekend was Memorial weekend. So I'm kind of glad we're doing the show today because those who don't even believe in America, they were having their barbecues. Not realizing the true meaning that it was our fallen soldiers, our heroes, that are allowing them to have this right now, Amen. allowing us to have our conversation, and they have forgotten that.
0: Yeah, it's, it's almost a party um, overshadows the reality of, we're supposed to m- memorialize our fallen heroes this last, over this last weekend and on Memorial Day. And even Kamala Harris, the vice president came out with things that enjoy your long weekend I mean, it's like, without even mentioning, you're going to, okay. It's like a holiday instead of, uh, I mean, I don't, I don't think we could walk around more all day long, but we, we certainly need to remember these people because they laid the found work for our, are the foundation for our freedoms that we enjoy exactly what you said. And I agree with you.
1: Well, I think now <clears throat> if we do not remember that, then we right now we're at the verge of losing our freedoms. We are, um, mm-hmm. that's a fact. And yep. social media silence you when you do not agree with their terminology. <clears throat> uh, social
0: media attacks me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I can't pass 19,000 on Twitter. As soon as I get to 19,000, then go whoops, goes right back down.
0: Oh, uh, listen, I was they- at, I was almost <laughs> at a million and I'm now down to 500,000. So they've got a half a million people <laughs> away from <Yeah>. me.
1: <laughs> Mm -hmm. So, and by the way, they get to determine what is true. They get to determine also what, what are the, um, what the scientist says. And if Mm -hmm. they don't agree, then, you know, they block them as well. They silence them. So as a matter of fact, did you see that where they silenced the military people because they had a different view or because their party wasn't aligned with the ones they thought it should. Well, you know, this guy who was head of the
0: space force, this Luke, uh, I think he was a major or a colonel, lieutenant colonel, who they just completely they just dismissed him because he disagreed with their, you know, critical race theory or something like that. He disagreed with that and kind of a Marxist attitude in infiltrating and infiltrating our military, which it has no
2: place in. And uh, so they they fired him. Well, the Obama, the Obama, the Biden administration, as with most Democratic presidencies, is turning the military back into a social experiment.
0: It's it's a petri dish. It's really the Democrats look at the military as a as a petri dish, just to figure out what we can do socially with it. It's crazy. I know.
1: I know. It's very really sad, actually. Very Did nice. you
0: see this last army thing that about the the girl whose two parents were were lesbian parents and and they raised her? Have you seen this? It's like a it's like an ad to join the army.
2: No. I oh haven't. my God! It's unbelievable. Have you seen the, the, the CIA one?
0: No, but I mean, it had nothing to do with, you know, being in the military at all. It just had to do with social justice, I guess.
2: Well, check out the one for the CIA. I, 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 have, anxi- I have anxiety and agoraphobia oh, and right. I'm joining the CIA because yeah. I'm going to spy on people from my bedroom. <laughs> what? I tell and you, seriously, it's that's, 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 the CIA's out trying to recruit people that have mental disorders because that's going to make you a good agent. Well, t-
0: tell us more about you, Carla, what uh, you came from, whereabouts in Jamaica did you grow up?
1: Well, I grew up in Kinston, I uh-huh. went to an all-girl Catholic school, mm-hmm. high school, and it was amazing because we had rules and regulations that we had to abide by, mm-hmm. didn't have to worry about makeup, didn't have to worry about anything, just our uniforms nicely pleated and mm-hmm. speaking the Queen's English. That was the focus <laughs> there. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Yeah, English but, is somewhat of a forgotten <laughs> language now in the U.S.
1: Okay. So
0: then you went on to you went on to uh,
1: go in the military. Yes, now oh, then I came to the U.S. and uh, when I came here, then shortly after I did join the Navy. I spent four years active duty in California. I was in California; that's where I was stationed. And after my tour there, back then I actually was pregnant. I had my daughter. In California, you had to give up your child at that time, sign over your child to someone for your next duty station. That was just part of the rules. So I didn't want to do that. So I ended up coming back to Florida and then went to nursing school. Well, the,
2: the Navy's well represented on this show, aren't yeah, they? Yeah, they are. <laughs> I'm a plank owner on the
0: USS Enterprise.
1: Oh, really? I yeah. N68. Oh, and
2: okay. yeah. our Navy engineer over here, Matt. Yeah. We've got you're a plank owner. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, Navy, the Navy is, is being well-represented. So what, what prompted you to run for Congress? And you're in the Miami area, right?
1: Broward, most of my district is in the Fort Lauderdale area. People call now,
2: Fort Broward Fort county, county is noted county.
1: to be
0: a part of, uh, Broward County, as I recall, is noted to be a very Democrat uh, county, correct?
1: Yes, but yeah. it's changing.
0: It's changing. It's yes, about yes, time.
1: It's yes, it's changing. Um, we have a lot of, um, independence Mm -hmm. and believe it or not, I was speaking to someone this morning, actually, and we were saying that even though you have a lot of Democrats and the reason for that is because you have a lot of Islanders, whether they're from Jamaica, from Trinidad, Tobago, we have a lot of Haiti, but we have values that are lined up with the, with, with the Republican party. It's more in line, but when you come, they tell you register as a Democrat because, they believe if you're black, you should just be in Exactly. Identity.
0: I know it's not. All and, and about your you skin color. Know. has nothing to do with, you know, your That's ideology or your well, history or your remember
2: value. what Biden said. If, 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 you, you're if you don't not,
0: vote for me, you ain't black. You ain't black,
2: yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and so when you first arrive, you really don't understand the politics. So if someone advises you to do that, then typically people do. But later on in life, and they realize, wait a minute, you know, but they still remain the, with the deeds. So yes, we do have some that converts, and several of them voted for Donald Trump. Several of them voted for me as well. And I think on the Republican side, what was missing and still missing today is that they historically have not reached out into the Democratic areas. They mainly focus on the Republican section and just call it a loss. You know, I wonder why
0: too. I, I really, I I mean, Donald Trump did, he did reach out to the black community over and over and over again and delivered on a lot of the things that he said he was going to deliver on for all Americans, because at heart, we're all Americans. And, uh, but the Republican party has a, I don't know what it is. I honestly don't know.
2: Hi, I'm Chuck Norris. We are living in uncertain times. And if you watch the news, you know your money is at risk from higher taxes and government debt. Thousands of people could lose their retirement savings, but it doesn't have to happen to you. The time to take control of your financial future is now. That's why I wrote my special report that shows you how to protect your retirement savings. Like you, I work hard for my money, and now it's harder than ever to keep it. If you don't fight for your money, who will?
0: Visit goldco.com slash Chuck Norris to get Chuck Norris's special report. Learn the secret to protecting your retirement savings tax and penalty free. If you visit goldco.com slash Chuck Norris, you can find out how you can qualify for up to $10,000 in free silver. That's goldco.com slash Chuck Norris.
1: I know. Well, tell you what, I believe now is the time that we have to vote out the ones who are not doing what they're supposed to do. Um, I feel that they're just not strong enough. They're not standing up for a few handfuls of, of, of Republicans. They're just there to me. They're not fighting the Democrats. They're not fighting and standing up for the American people. They're not standing up for this country. I feel like they're putting the American people last, which I just think is so sad. Just it is. so sad.
0: I agree with you, it is. And uh, that's one reason the hatred for Donald Trump was so pervasive, because he didn't stand up for government, he stood up for the American people, and and the left and the elitist right hated him for it, and they still do. In fact, if you go to MSNBC, which I you know go to all the time, and I go to uh, CNN, they're still just pounding on Donald Trump. I mean, they just want to destroy this guy.
2: Well, it's the only, that was the only reason they had ratings. I mean, it's the only way they can get people to watch their, their networks. You know, it's funny. If you look at, at Donald Trump and you look at how Donald Trump worked with the black community, everything he did was about creating opportunity, jobs, and getting government out of the way. Right. Now we look at all of the measures that Biden wants to do. And it's all a throwback to all the 60s welfare model, which is what destroyed the Black family in this country in the first place. It's going back to telling Black people they're victims, they're inferior, they're not smart enough to get IDs. I mean, how could, I don't know how anybody in the Black community isn't offended by being told they're incapable of getting an identification to go vote.
1: Well, can I tell you this? Um, I'm glad you brought that up. Number one, if they're bringing up ID from now, we have a year and a half before election, so no one still should not have any reason a year and a half from now not to have an ID. That's number one. We have all the time to do it. And then number two, you are a hundred percent correct. Now, I know you've been to Jamaica before. There is a difference between born Black Americans and an island uh, an island American. Mm-hmm and i say this because we were taught, we have an identity we know who we are so no one can tell me who i am because i already know my, i know my heritage but i think somewhere along the line that the um, black americans they they they've lost their identity they don't know but, who they are
0: but they've been They're led by them. other black americans to believe that that's the that's problem.
1: right that's exactly right and also they don't realize that they are, they, they're still powerful. They're just as educated they put that in. You have, did you know that they had Black Caesar, a uh, um, uh, pharaoh? Did you know that? There, there are tons of them. Yes, I didn't ever realize that either. No. If you go back into the history and go back to Egypt, the uh, the one of the most wealthiest um, king was a Black man, mm-hmm. a Black king. Did not and know that. all these history that if they would take a look, they'll realize that they can do just as well. We have.
0: Well, uh, oh, they can do better. I mean, the problem is they've convinced these people, these folks who are Americans, that they they really don't have any worth. Yeah. and And they can't accomplish anything, and they can't do anything, and they need government, and they need the Democrats to help them through life because they're just victims of white supremacy. Well, which there's is an old saying, ridiculous. Chuck.
2: <clears throat> the old saying is no one needs the rescuer once they've been rescued. Mm-hmm. And that's how the Democratic Party positions themselves. We're this the is a tough
0: thing to fight, though. It really is. It's a very, very difficult thing to mindset.
1: Well, it's a mindset. It's a mindset. Yeah. Mm-hmm. it's a mindset. Until you can change the mind, then there's absolutely nothing you can do. Well, I think one of the things
0: one of the things I agree with you, and one of the things that really frightened the Democrats out of their socks was all of a sudden they saw the black community. Not at large, but certain portions of the black community being swung over to Donald Trump's side. I would say the Republican side, but that would probably be wrong. It was more to Donald Trump's side, saying, You can do this. You can do this on your own. We we respect you and and we want you to be part of our movement. And and the Democrats went insane because
2: there were a lot of people that bought that. Yes. Well, it gets rid of the victimhood. Yeah. Yes. I mean, if you turn people into victors instead of victims, you don't have any control over them anymore. You know
0: what? That's interesting because I just thought of something and Carla, you, you may not know this history, but in West Virginia, a very, one of the poorest parts of the United States, coal mining state primarily for years and years, they were democratic like Kentucky was, but West Virginia was an interesting little place because people were were just ignorant. They didn't have any schooling. They had nothing. They had nothing but coal mines to go to. And this went on forever. Well, eventually these people started getting educated and they now are, you know, they've, they've gone over to the Republican party, even though Joe Manchin is still a, you know, a Senator from there and a Democrat, but primarily West Virginia is now mostly Republicans where they were all Democrats uh, victims of the Democrat party. And now they're kind of coming out of that. So there is hope. Yes. that this uh, will mes- metastasize into something good.
2: I happen to be heading to West Virginia tomorrow, Chuck. Oh, are you? Well, yeah. get my regards.
1: <laughs> be
2: visiting Governor Jim Justice, place.
0: I grew up across the river from West Virginia.
2: It's such a great name, though, isn't it? Governor Jim Justice. It's almost mm-hmm. as good as Colonel Woolery. <laughs> <laughs> Chuck is a colonel, by the way. I don't know if you uh, know that, Carl, uh-huh. but he is a Kentucky colonel.
1: Uh-oh. Which really doesn't...
2: <laughs> put eagles on my shoulders but you know well when you become a kentucky colonel the reason you are made a colonel is only known to the governor and he doesn't share the reason with anyone he just bestows it upon you i don't even know what governor bestowed that on me <laughs> <laughs> you're not paying much attention to your colonelness jeez yeah. so carly tell us tell us a little bit about what let's get back to running for congress i mean you're a nurse, you, you have a master's degree, you're a professor. Uh, you certainly have the ability to build a fine life and make a great living without having to be involved with the cesspool known as Washington, DC. Yeah. So what is your motive for getting into that swamp?
1: Well, it first started when I was working at the VA hospital. I was a nurse there for seven years. I had uh, a nursing clinic that I, I, overs, I oversaw then. And it just dawned on me one day. I said, at that time, those was changed some. We were treated very poorly. I, I just did not like the way that the veterans were being treated. And and so when you're I, saying
2: we, you're talking about veterans.
1: Not, yeah, veteran, meaning not women, veterans. Not women, you're talking you.
2: about veterans, okay. Yes, just
1: veteran spirit. Veterans were being treated horribly. And I just thought- And that
2: was under what president?
1: That was um, under Obama. Okay. And when I saw that, I thought the only way to change that was for me to, for me to actually be able to write laws or vote on laws that would benefit um, our veterans. And then time went on and then I realized that there were more than just veteran issues because as a nurse, typically you go to work, take care of the kids, go home, you really don't get much into politics. But now I realized I had no choice. I saw how we, even now we still have major, major, major issues of freedoms are being attacked. We see that we are being put last. We see that the border crisis that my cousins and relatives waited 10 years to come to this country legally. Now it seems like it's just easy to just walk across the border, come in, because then it's better because you end up getting housing, food, sure, food, right. everything, and you don't have to worry about anything.
0: Yeah, come here legally, you don't get all that stuff. Come here no, illegally no. and bingo. It's, it's exactly. a different spot. All
2: right, so, so, you, so you took the red pill.
1: I took, <laughs> well, you know, the <laughs> I took the red pill, <laughs> <laughs> and I've been attacked so horribly. I've been called every name in the book, mm-hmm. but it's- That um, comes with taking oh, the red pill. By maybe. the way, I'm a racist, you know, my racist, uh, they call me a racist.
2: Isn't so, that amazing?
1: And they call me um, Uncle Tom. They call me some other names, which I won't see on the air. Now, who are you racist against, by the way? I'm racist against my own Black people. You are racist against Black people. Black people. I'm also a racist as, I'm a slave owner, they say, um, because Mm -hmm. So with all that said, running um, for Congress as a, a Black conservative, you literally actually got it from both sides sometimes mm-hmm. but you just have to remember the goal and what you're trying to accomplish because it is true i can do very very well as a a covet nurse or do my own business but we need people that can stand up if we just quit and say no and then we allow these people to take over the country and take over the children or the youth the future of the generation and brainwash them to thinking that this country is not great this country is literally crap, and people can come and crap in it and leave it that way. Mm-hmm. I don't want. I don't want anything to do with that. And we have to find people that can stand up to everyone, whether you're a Republican or a Democrat. If you are not treating the American people correct or right, then I, they should not be in office, point blank. And that no. would be one of my first bills. I would like to put a bill in. If you do not like America. Then you should not be in office, period.
0: Absolutely. I I tweeted out not long ago we have people in office who are running our country
1: who hate our country. Yes.
2: And it's like, why? Why would you elect people? Oh, absolutely. When you look at Rashida Tlaib and Ilhan Omar and AOC, I mean, these people hate America and their country. Say that again, Carla.
1: And their allies. This is they hate Israel.
2: Right. Oh, absolutely. Now, how did you get to be a slave owner? Where did that come yeah, from? Where did that come from?
1: That was actually a, uh, one of the, either a tweet or on Facebook, they call me that. So um, I have no idea. I just, some comments I respond to, some I don't even, because there's no hope for some. You
0: know, I'm the same way. I, there are a lot of things I just don't even respond to. Yeah, you
1: were
2: a slave owner when you're, when your ancestors were starving in the potato famine, building <laughs> right. penny walls across yeah. Ireland. With their slaves. (laughs) I know
0: it's, it's insane, but you know, the left is insane. And and the funny thing about it is there's so many people who buy it. I mean, they really buy into it and I'm not sure why other than. they just intellectual
2: laziness, Chuck. Mm -hmm. There is, there are different biases that people have. And some of those biases, such as, such as availability bias. It's like, whatever information you give me, that's the information I'm going to go with. And this is what makes the media so powerful, because over 85% of the media is far left. So that the information that is available to the public is anti-American information. We should no longer consider these, the WAPO, New York Times, CNN, MSNBC, ABC, NBC. These should not be called news outlets. These are propaganda participants. These are propaganda machines. There's no news going on there. They might report the weather; that might actually be news, but it's probably as close as they get to it. When was the last time you ever seen anything on MSNBC that resembled being true? And you watch? Are you asking contract? me? I don't. Yeah, I don't did watch. you watch it, Chuck? When yeah. did you see them say anything that was honest? No, no it, it it doesn't happen. It doesn't happen, and and it's really
0: I think one of the most interesting things, Carla, is that our media. Uh, spews lie after lie after lie. And we're supposed to believe that even when it's, even when it's debunked and they finally have to fess up and go, well, you know, this wasn't true. They never say that. They just move on to the next lie. And then in the process of them doing that, they accuse everybody else who disagrees with them of being liars. (laughs) You just kind of go, all right, this is, this is Joseph Goebbels on steroids.
2: (laughs) So Carla, let's, let's talk about, uh, COVID-19. Now you're down in Florida, you're in Broward County. Um, I'm going to assume that you love, cause I also have a home in Florida. I'm going to assume that you love the governor.
1: Oh, yes, I do.
2: That we have oh. Ron DeSantis is doing an amazing job.
1: Yes, he is. Absolutely amazing. How
0: do you criticize him? I mean, the left criticizes him all the time. How? I mean, under what auspices do you criticize success?
1: It's amazing. Oh, no. Instead of finding out what he's doing and how to accomplish those things, they all they do is criticize. But we are doing very well in Florida, um, you know, for the most part. And uh, we, we've been open. We have lovely beaches and the people are very kind and warm. And which I just love Florida, really do. Uh, and, and like I said, yes, he's doing a fantastic job with, with everything. We are just fine. Mm-hmm. But what I wanna say though, when it comes to the COVID, and oh, by the way, he doesn't put up with nonsense actually, and that's part of the reason. Mm-hmm. Uh, if if anti N1 comes here, uh, they, they would not last very long because they will be put put in jail. Um, if they Well,
0: in Portland, jail, so. in Portland, in uh, Portland, crime is up eight hundred percent. I saw
1: that. I saw that. Well, they can keep it there because if, if this is where I'm saying again. We have to start speaking
2: up. (laughs) I got to add something to that. By the way, crime is up 800%. In Portland, Oregon. And and one of the left-wing magazines just picked Portland as one of the 10 best cities to move to. <laughs> it's like, guess who else was on the list of the 10 best cities to move to san francisco oh, of course minneapolis <laughs> baltimore it's like who in the right mind would move to any of those but it's cities? almost like
0: the babylon Bee. Do you know who the babylon be is carla have you ever followed them i mean no. they're just kind of oh it's hysterical it's like a news outfit that just makes fun of everybody but this was a <laughs> serious and, and very publication. funny and, and uh, it's almost like the Babylon Bee is doing it <laughs> instead of, you know. Serious.
2: Right, but it's a serious, serious <laughs> one. So I'm going to talk to you about H2 Max. <laughs> well, <laughs> that puts everything in perspective. It does put things in perspective, because after all. Are you not just, is your body just not inflamed from these political debates?
0: Yes, it is. (laughs) If H2 Max will fix that, I want some now.
2: So considering that H2 Max is a wonderful product to reduce the inflammation in your body, this would probably be a great time to have some H2 Max. Yeah. All kidding aside, folks, uh, I want you to try this stuff. You can get it at uh, h2max.com or by h2max.com is actually the website or Amazon. It's called h2max. It is molecular hydrogen. Now we are not talking about the Hindenburg. So do not worry. Yeah, right. But humanity is safe. We're not going to blow anybody up. But hydrogen is the smallest molecule in the universe. It's what the sun is made out of. It's what our bodies made out of. Our bodies need hydrogen. And hydrogen acts as at a terrific molecule in our body to help reduce inflammation. Now there's another thing to H2 max Chuck that you probably don't know too. And that is most people, when they take it uh, kind of get an energy boost where they kind of feel like they had an energy drink or something. I didn't know that. Yeah. And there's no caffeine and there's no drugs. So it's kind of a very natural little energy boost. So it's great just to feel good. It's great to get your mind thinking clearer. And it is great if you're dealing with stuff like back pain, sciatica, arthritis. So, folks, try it out. Let us know how you like it. It's H2 Max. You can get it on Amazon or you can go to buyh2max.com. What would, so let, let's talk about Florida for a minute. Now, obviously, down in Florida, we haven't been shut down, we haven't had the, the crazy mass things. In fact, now, Chuck, you don't even have to wear a mask walking into the restaurant down in Florida now. Yeah, Is it that way in in Texas, Texas too? too. Well, it is is to a certain extent. Private businesses decide
0: whether they want to do that or not. Now, in Austin, which is a very um, liberal city, which I live very close to, things are handled a little bit differently there because uh, they're just afraid of their own shadow. But when you get out away from Austin, like 30 miles away, Everything's very different. On uh, the restaurants, you can go in. You can go in without a mask and all that kind of thing. And people won't uh, stare at you like you're, you know, uh, spreading some kind of disease that they are familiar with.
2: Yeah, we actually have yeah, lifted like, the mask mandate here. People,
0: uh, I, I said the other day to someone, I said, "You know, I've had, I've been vaccinated," uh, and and they said, "Well, it doesn't matter because it, it just doesn't look right if you don't have a mask." On.
2: <laughs> so the mask isn't. So then people are are now accepting. And we'll get Carla's input. Is the mask, in your opinion, a health move or is it some form of virtue signaling?
0: Yeah, you're a nurse. You With your master's, you ought to have some idea about what this is all about.
1: Absolutely. I will tell you that if you even look on the box, it will tell you that the mask does not prevent you from getting the virus. It does not.
0: You know, but I heard I'm- what epidemiologists say, and 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 I repeated this, unfortunately, because then I got slapped with it, uh, that... Putting on a mask and trying to prevent COVID is like building a chain-link fence around your patio and trying to keep mosquitoes out.
1: Well, what it really does um, when someone is speaking, and I'm saying this for the late-term people, it's it prevents the, the saliva from reaching probably out. And we would want to do that anyway. Right. Um, so I just think just as a precaution, yes, in some way that does help. But as for the virus that is airborne, it, it can go through the mask. I have worn masks, and I have also not worn some. And I've been work. I worked with um, patients who've had COVID. My children both had COVID. Um, they, it lasted for four days for one, and and one week for the other. And they were perfectly fine. And I didn't. I didn't wear a mask with them, and I was perfectly fine as well. Never had it. And so, what I like to say, truly, they have not addressed the root cause and the root cause I think is no offense I think a lot of American are just hopefully you're not fat are you I can't see you completely I'm just kidding but anyway um say that again please
0: (laughs) and speak a little slower I didn't mean it I
1: went off into my Jamaican way hopefully
0: you (laughs) (laughs) patchwad yourself right out of that
1: (laughs) I said hopefully you're not obese because that is the root cause we're not addressing the unhealthyness uh, of the American lifestyle. 70% of the, the American people are either obese or overweight. Yeah. And when it comes with that, it comes with heart problems, diabetes, you know, lung problems. just all kinds of problems. Fatty liver disorder. That. Yes. So what are we going to do? Keep hiding when COVID-21 and 22 and 23 comes in, live in your house for the rest of your life or wear masks for the rest of our lives? We're not going to do that. So we need to make sure people have proper access to healthcare. Make sure that we're encouraging people to, to stay within their height and their weight that you're supposed to. And you know, stop smoking if you're smoking. Don't become an alcoholic. And you know, if you have mental issues, let's get to the root cause of that. How do we address these, these health issues so that when something comes by, we don't sit and cry and then you die? And then the the healthy has to pay the consequences of the price for that
2: but carla we have flipped the script on this we're now there are now parts of the 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 liberal side of america who are telling people that fat is fabulous and that we need to celebrate all body shapes and we shouldn't be body shaming someone because they're 200 pounds overweight it's not about body shaming people it's about you're dying. You're killing yourself.
1: Well, hold on, it's not just about dying. Because if they would quarantine them and let people who are healthy walk up and down, and you want to wear the mask at home, but they're not doing that, the good have to suffer for the bad. So those who are not living, doing what they're supposed to do, they're the first one to put the mask on and say, don't you know, do COVID. When in reality, if they felt healthy, they wouldn't be so afraid. That's part of the problem.
2: And it's like, you know, and, and it's interesting because you can take someone who smokes.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Now, a smoker knows smoking isn't good for them. That's right. There's no mystery there. But no one is running campaigns saying let's celebrate smoking. But we're running campaigns saying we need to celebrate obesity. And and I think that actually hurts the black community even more. Because obesity is a yet a bigger problem in the Black community, as is diabetes, is more of a problem in the Black community and heart problems and high blood pressure and naphthlid and all these things are ravaging the Black community. And meanwhile, the left is telling them it's okay.
1: It's okay to be unhealthy. And it's not okay. It's not okay.
2: How would you, what would you do if you were in Congress? What would you do to try to affect that?
1: Well, I think one of the first thing that we have to do, two things. One, make sure that they have proper access. we got to fix this health insurance thing. We, it's, it's just still not affordable. It's just not affordable. It's not affordable. Um, and uh, I mean, even to the very wealthy, they still say it's still not affordable. It's just, it's the same. You
0: know, affordable. it's, it's, everyone says that but no one details it out as to so why is it unaffordable? How much does it really cost? When you get into those figures, you start to understand why it's unaffordable.
1: That is a good point. That is a good point. But this is why Congress have to come together and figure a plan. The Republican, we have a House, and the Senate the last time, we still don't have a proper bill. Before then, we still don't have it. So I don't know what is it going to take for them to have come together so that we all can Pretty much be able to have an affordable health insurance, so we can take care of our health. Now I understand the poor has the Medicaid, but the middle class people are the ones who are suffering. They really are suffering with the deductibles. It's it's they're still expensive, quite expensive. Oh,
0: they're they're prohibitively expensive.
1: Yes,
2: so we, that- have, we have to keep something in mind. If I can inter- up, interrupt you for a minute, when we did the the Affordable Care Act. The Affordable Care Act was the biggest single reason why health insurance today is not affordable. Because what our geniuses did was they committed the insurance companies because they were going to really control it. So they told the insurance companies, you can never make more than 15% profit off of a premium. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So what they did is they incentivized the insurance companies. To raise the premiums. Right. But the only way to raise the premiums, Chuck, is by increasing the cost of health care. So they've incentivized the insurance companies to actually increase the cost of health care so that the premium is bigger, so the percentage is bigger. So think about this. And you know this for sure, Carla. You can go, let's say you want to go get a uh, an MRI, and the insurance company pays uh, $1,100 for the MRI. You call around to several MRI cl- clinics, and tell them you're paying cash and shop it. You'll find one that's having a sale this week, <laughs> right? Yes. That will do your MRI for two ninety nine or three hundred bucks. Mm-hmm. But we've taken the free market. We've completely stripped the free market dynamics out of healthcare. And Chuck, that's why healthcare is going down the drain because doctor says I need an MRI. I'm not. I have insurance. So why why do I care how much it costs? We need to get free market back in healthcare where people start shopping for the best healthcare for the best price. Correct. Because we took competition out of it. And competition is what makes America competitive. So would you do something in that nature? Would you try to get the competition back?
1: Of course. Absolutely. We, that's but I'm still waiting. Why they haven't done that now, which we know works and it's not done. So there's um, no
0: money in it. That's why Congress runs on money. People who give them money, people who donate to them. There's
2: no money in this. Actually the person who tried to, and I'm not actually a huge fan, but the person who actually tried to put competition back in healthcare was W was George W. Bush. Mm-hmm. And he tried to do it when he was trying to push the HSAs, the health savings accounts. Mm-hmm. Because the health savings accounts, you had your money went in an account, and then when you needed something done, you went out and bought it, and the money came out of your account. So people were incentivized to call around and find the sale
1: right.
2: on an MRI. And that just immediately got wiped out under the under the Obama administration. That just was destroyed. So healthcare would be a big topic for you. What, what about, let me ask a question, what about race relations in America? Now, obviously, Chuck and I are white guys. We have a different view of the world than you do. But I think I speak for Chuck when I say since Obama became president, from our standpoint, it feels like racial relationships were going in a great direction, and now they've gotten worse, that it went backward. Is that an accurate uh, assumption on our part?
1: Yes, I, I definitely believe that. I think also that they're being pointed out more. And I think I think they want this country to remain divided. If they can keep us divided, have the whites hate the blacks, blacks hate whites, and and, and Chinese, Hispanic. If you notice, they're just putting everybody or classifying everyone in a group. It's
0: very much like Europe, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, it really is. It's just break it down to classes in Europe, which yeah. we got wanted to get away from.
1: Yes. And here we
0: are back
1: because just a little off note um in jamaica and i'm not sure if you've been been to jamaica we have blonde hair blue eyes jamaicans we have chinese jamaican we have indians we have germans we have the french we have everybody there but guess what no one says i am a, a a chinese jamaican we're just jamaicans 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 and that's it so i think america if you come to america You shouldn't want to bring everything that you did back in the Middle East and think now you ran from it and now you're coming here to bring those same values in and all those things that you left behind that was destroying your lives. You bring it here in this country to destroy this country. And until we stand up and fight these things, America, America, to me, in 86, 87, I first came here. I mean, there's a dream of coming to America. And when we came, it was just like, wow, wow, wow. We just love America. I joined the Navy, the same thing. And now I'm looking back and I'm thinking, oh my gosh, this cannot be the America. That it's I a
2: different mentality. When when my mother came to America, so I'm a first generation American. When my mother came here, she came here, she grew up in Scotland, England and Scotland. The first thing she did, I don't know if you know this, Chuck, and you knew my mother. Yeah. And you know how she had no accent, did she? No. Mm-mm. When she came to America, the first thing she said she, that she focused on was she wanted to make sure that she got rid of the Scottish brogue because she wanted to just be an American. So she learned to sound like an American, which eventually became, became her real voice. But she so desperately wanted to just be a part of America that she worked to get rid of that. <laughs>
0: Well, with, with a lot of things that are going on with this illegal immigration on steroids the way it is and has been for years, and it's even worse now. Because I, I loved it when, when the uh, DHS guy said, well, our borders are secure. And you, you need to tell people on the other side that are streaming across that they're secure because they don't yeah, get it. Well, that's just ridiculous. And, uh, and, uh, but, but the thing is that's missing uh, that one part that we always had, I guess, in the 20s, 30s, 40s, maybe 50s, was assimilation. There was a period of time when you assimilated and because you just don't, you just don't get off the boat or cross the border and all of a sudden go, I'm an American. You've got to kind of get used to how things go here and become an American. Uh, and even though you may think like an American, you know, it's, it's just very different, but the the process of assimilation has been completely eliminated.
2: Right. We we now have people in America who refuse to learn to speak English.
0: Yeah. Mm -hmm.
2: Yeah.
0: Well, it just further divides you that's all which well if you can divide people left. though
2: the more you know it gets back to you know united we stand divided we fall if they can divide us all into little groups then it's easier to get those little groups to be war and, and factions and let's be other. honest
0: let's be honest with each other all three of us they're being very successful
1: oh yes well c- may i say something to that I'm absolutely grace And I hope and and pray that some of them are are watching this program. When we talk about this era right now, it's um, we talk about the Black Lives Matter organization, not the movement. The Black Lives organization have been very successful in telling the blacks who they are. They've been very successful in collecting funds, but they do not use those funds to help the same blacks that they claim they're fighting for. Their schools are still not good. They don't go in and use the money to help develop the communities or offer them jobs to fix up their own communities. They don't do that. So I want the the Blacks or Blacks to understand that you can't wait on people. If you're lost, this is where leaders have to come in and offer um, resources, tools that they can use and tell them how they're able to do things instead of just relying on 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 funding just it's it's horrible i I looked at the um several people complained right now to me regarding the the funds that they have for blacks they say okay they're going to give them these small business money which they do have they still can't get it because their credits are not where it needs to be so they still have the money set aside so it's just the lack of knowledge the lack of education that is so desperately needed. How can and, we fix that? How can we fix it? Well, it starts off with the local leaders. We need to get like in Broward, we, I don't think we have five people in a local area. They're all Democrats, it's strictly ran by Democrats. So they make the decision for the school board. They make the decision for all these things. And until we start getting decent people back into office, it starts there. Also, not dividing the homes. In the black communities, the males are absent. So you have the single By mother- design, by the way. Yes. So now the mother's there, now they have to do one or two or three jobs and the kids are left home alone. And it's it's just a cycle. So if we can get some form of help within the community, education-wise, Resources, also the regulations that President Trump had a lesson if we can continue to have those less regulations, then they're able to open up their own little small business and be able to be managed, start managing their companies and their families. So it's, it's an educational process, and right now it's it's missing. We still don't have that. It's still not there.
2: So what about mentoring or coaching? So let me give you an example. Chuck, you don't know this. Um I'm coaching or mentoring right now, a a young black guy, terrific guy who uh, is, you know, uh, was in the military. He's out of the military. He's trying to start his own business. And I do, I do zoom meetings with him, just teaching him business and this is what you need to do next. And now you need to do this. And, and uh, do we need more of that? Do we need more of those of us in business to just, reach out and say, look, I'm going to, I'm going to guide Absolutely.
1: you. Well, that's where I'm saying now. And it's not just in that communities, but also I think a lot of people are lost, especially because of the pandemic. They since then they're either trying to figure out what now, what do I do now? They've lost their jobs. Now they're trying to figure out how do we get to the next level? They don't know. So yes, someone who is still successful need to reach back out and say, hey, even to their neighbor, if they see someone needing help, don't just turn your eye. Try to help out in any way, shape or form you can, because the better the community is, the better the entire United States will be. And that's what we need to do. We need to become united again, and not just this consistent, We need to forget about this, 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 this division we have to find a way to bridge and come together and not talk about something happened 200 years ago and still don't have a solution for it.
2: How do we get people back to work right now? Uh, so went to a restaurant yesterday. The Restaurant's empty. Walk in and said, well, there's a 40 minute wait. How can it be a 40 minute wait? There's nobody here. So we don't have any help. That's why there's a 40-minute wait because we only have we only have three people working in our whole restaurant. So we can only use five out of our 50 tables, or whatever the case is. No one wants to go to work. Every I don't know of a business right now that isn't struggling to find help. Your wife's business, Chuck, she can't find help, right?
0: Very difficult. Very, very difficult.
2: And she's paying people what, $20 an hour for a starting Mm -hmm. wage? Yeah. And can't get anybody to go to work. Very hard.
0: Uh, so, now the school's out. Thank God, you know, these kids will come in and work.
2: So how do we get people back to work?
1: Well, I think it's going to start off with the funding of the, 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 funding that they're giving. It's, I don't know. They said it's a lot more than what they typically would make. So I think realistically we'd have to sit at the table and find out how much were they making? Have you been to the grocery store recently? I went to buy bacon. It was between $8 and $12 for a pack of bacon. If someone works $10 an hour and eight hours is $80, then you take the taxes, they're down to 50. So 50 times, 50, $50 a day for the week is not much. And they still have, especially if they have children, and they'll have to take care of the children. So I think holistically we have to look and see what is, again, the root cause. And based upon the root cause, we address those issues. Well, let's see. We the, root,
0: the, root cause, <clears throat> the root cause in this is uh, basically using the government and taxpayers' money to make people dependent on government instead of dependent on a job. So they're just destroying the job market. When, I mean, there are thousands, hundreds of thousands of jobs out there that are available to people to go to work. And so they incentivize them not to. And you wonder what's wrong?
2: (laughs) There's what's wrong. There's 8 million help wanted jobs in America this week. 8 million jobs. And we're claiming we have an unemployment problem with 8 million help wanted ads running. But I think you got an issue. I think there's a few things going on here. One is I think we have a philosophical issue when it comes to work mm-hmm. we're paying people 16 dollars an hour to stay home so it's and by the way it's a rational choice to take the 16 dollars to stay home versus go work for 10 dollars an hour well
1: I'm that's what bel- saying indirectly that's exactly what they're doing they're thinking if they're only going to make the that amount compared to what the unemployment is paying them and you yep. wave them as a business person you're you're looking at it which one makes more sense Obviously, this one makes more sense. So that's what they're doing. But here's the reality. The Democrats, they're using that for the next election, because then they can say, we took care of you. Now you need to vote for us. That's exactly- well,
2: what do you think happens in September when the, when the unemployment runs out? Do you think they'll try to extend it again? Or are we going to have a big shock of people who all of a sudden realize they have to get a job again?
1: Well, eventually, they can't drag this on forever. They're going to eventually have to stop. And you know what's going to happen? Not only with the market crash, you're going to have a lot of foreclosures very soon. And though it's going to be just like 2007, 2008 again. Watch. That's my prediction.
0: I hope you're wrong. I really do. But, you know.
2: So how can people get involved with your campaign? So you're running for Congress. That will be for 2022. Yes. We are now in an environment where essentially... You run for Congress as soon as the previous <laughs> Congress was sworn in.
1: Yes. yes. <laughs> so, thank you.
2: so tell us how, how we can help and how our listeners can get involved.
1: Well, you can go to, I am on Twitter and it's um, uh, at Carla underscore no U, Spalding. No, you D I N G. I'm also on Facebook and my um, page, my website is Carlos Spalding for Congress, Congress.com. It will take you straight there. Um, it's amazing. We are looking for volunteers to help us because we did a fantastic job last cycle. This cycle, oh, by the way, did I tell you this? We defeated Debbie Washington Schultz. Oh. Let me tell you, all of early voting, <clears throat> voting Robert and Dade, we defeated her the day of the election, both in Broward and Dade. And as soon as the vote by mail started coming in, that's how nah. she went.
2: Oh, so imagine now, that.
1: Yes. So Ron DeSantis, our governor, has made some changes with the vote by mail. So now we have a much better chance of winning. And this is why it's so important for us to get on the ground. And we've been actually going into the Caribbean neighborhoods. We've been going into the democratic communities to tell them the good news that we have and who we are, and they're receiving it very well. So I think in the future, um, it's next August, but we're working now diligently to get everyone to know that we do exist because the media did not want them to know I existed. That's one of the reasons why I wrote the book, so that we can actually get the message out to know how people were thinking in the communities.
2: So, folks, if you go to the show notes at BluntForceTruth.com, look for the episode with Carla Spaulding. We'll have a link to the book, and we'll have links to her website and her social media. Go follow her on Twitter, as Chuck and I will be doing momentarily. Soon come. <laughs> soon
1: come, <Mom. laughs> Yes, <Yeah>, soon come. <laughs> you remember that. <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah, Mom, That's what you're supposed to say. <laughs> yeah, yeah man. <Mom. laughs> <laughs> Fantastic well, guys Thomas
0: <laughs> Balding, thank you so much. You're a breath of fresh air. We love having you on the show. Anything we can do yeah. to help, we'd be happy to do that. We wish you well and success. Thank you. Thank you. And uh, folks, if you enjoyed the show today, leave us a good review, uh, iTunes, Stitcher, and Broad Podcast One. We appreciate that. In the meantime, we will see you next time on Blunt Force Truth.